You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. It's Thursday the 29th of December. Tom Stanley still in for Nick Luck and still reflecting on some brilliant Irish action, which we've uh, seen on ITV Racing yesterday. We're going to have more today. That's in the UK, of course. Um, really good racing we're, we're building up to today as well. And um, State Man takes to the track. We've um, had Constitution Hill doing what, what he does best in the Christmas hurdle at Kempton. Well, can State Man make an impact on the champion hurdle market. Lee Mottishead of the Racing Post joins me. We will reflect on yesterday, Lee. We'll talk about a few other bits as well. But first of all, how good is State Man? Well, potentially, he's very good indeed. He's a horse who hosed up in the county hurdle, one of the biggest handicap hurdles of the year at Cheltenham in March. Followed up at, at the Punchestown Festival, won the Morgiana on his seasonal reappearance. I thought he was workman like that day, not particularly spectacular, but did the job well. He could be very good. So could um, Vauban, his stable companion, who won a trio of Grade 1 races last season, particularly impressive at the Cheltenham and Punchy Sound Festivals as a juvenile. But you have this remarkable situation where you have two unexposed hurdlers trained by the most powerful man in jump racing, Willie Mullins, horses who could really be anything. And yet such is the impression that Constitution Hill has made in his short career, he is between four to 11 and two to seven for the champion hurdle. Meaning that if you love State Man at this stage, you can get sixes for the champion hurdle. If you adore Vauban, you can get 12 to one for the champion hurdle. And realistically, no matter what either of those two horses does at Leopardstown today, it's hard to see or imagine Constitution Hill drifting much in the champion hurdle betting. That said, we're in for a fascinating and hopefully informative Matheson hurdle at Leopardstown. Uh, we are indeed. Add to that champion hurdle picture the fact that you've got a two-time winner who's only been beaten once in her life and you've still got Constitution Hill 4-11 to 11 for, for that race. We should just touch on Sharjah and Mr Patrick Mullinsley. They're, they're going for a an unbelievable fifth consecutive win in the Matheson. Yeah, and it really is unbelievable um, in many ways because, again, with the best will in the world, I don't think anyone is going to say that Sharjah would rank as one of the very, very best two-mile hurdlers of the modern era. And yet he has been brilliantly placed by Willie Mullins and brilliantly ridden as well by Patrick Mullins to win this contest four consecutive times. That makes him the equal of Isterbrack and Hurricane Fly, two of the all-time greats in this race. He would trump them both if he wins here. And although you look at the betting and you think he's not going to do that, and I don't think he will do that, he has on three occasions won this race when not particularly fancied in the betting. It was only last year he was sent off favourite for the first time in the contest. This is when you see Sharjah at his very best and he therefore absolutely has to be respected well we heard from danny mullins on vorban yesterday who rides him on on the track for the first time here's jack kennedy on pied piper around about a 12 to 1 shot for the race he also talks about three stripe life in the three mile novice chase first of all he reflects on conflated 
From from what you know about him, from um, you, you know, we know he can be um, not the easiest to deal with. I've, you know, seen that he's at Cheltenham last year, for example. Davy, when he was riding him, wouldn't wouldn't come out until well, he wouldn't come out until Davy was out, etc. Have the team had to do a bit with him at, at home just to help get the best out of him? Um, yeah, Cardi McGabe rides him more days at home. Um, he does a great job with him. He's a he's a lot simpler horse to ride since since Cosby's got his hands on him. So um, yeah, I know he's, he's he's done a great job with him, and he seems to have grown up an awful lot. Yeah. So what do you see him in in the springtime? What what do you see being his ideal race? Do you think? Uh, no, I'd like to just leave that to to Gordon and. And the early years, I'm sure they'll they'll take the best race from return, but I'll be I'll be happy to be on his back anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Okay, let's uh, look elsewhere. Um, can you reflect on on Field Door? What 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 do you feel went wrong ultimately? Given that he was a uh, you know a short price and didn't get his head in front. Yeah, uh, he 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 made a bad mistake at the hard last. Um, he just came up a bit early and landed in the middle of the, the open ditch. Um, so I, he kind of got back into it fairly soon after that, but I suppose it would have taken an awful lot out of him as well. So um, it probably wasn't, it was disappointing, but it probably wasn't a bad run considering. Mm. Was that just inexperience, do you think, on, on his part? And in the same colours in the Matheson, you've got Pied Piper. Uh, we know what a good horse he is, but it's a it's a decent division, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is a very strong division, but um, he's, uh, he seems to be a hard on the up, so hopefully um, stepping into open company, he'll be, uh, hopefully he'll, he'll, um, he'll manage away the finest. But uh, uh, we'll see how we, how we get on tomorrow. Um, I suppose the man is going to be going to be hard to beat, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if my lad ran a big, a big race. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose he's had a little bit, bit of a break, hasn't he? I think Gordon said at the start yeah. of the year he wasn't afraid to keep him busy. Yeah, yeah, he has had a had a, had a little bit of a break. But, um, he's probably probably a better horse, fresh as well. So um, we'll see how he goes tomorrow. Yeah. And um, you've got a couple of live chances with Queensbrook and Three Stripe Life in consecutive races before that, that Matheson. Uh, Three Stripe Life, where are we after, after last time? I know, I know you weren't on board, but, but what, what's the feeling going into this? Uh, yeah, no, he, he uh, was obviously unlucky to make a bad mistake the last day, which took him out of the race. Um, Davey called him up then, so he's not after having hired race. Uh, he jumped very well in these, so um, 
Yeah, hopefully once he puts in a, a good round of jumping, he's a very classy horse and he'll have a great chance, yeah. And do you think three miles is, is your, your gut sort of saying this will be his, his optimum distance? Yeah, yeah, I think he could be a very classy horse over three miles. He travels well and everything, so, um, but there'll be no, no issue with stamina either, I'd imagine. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to him. Okay, great stuff. Finally, you is is champion jockey on your, your radar this year? Um, obviously, everyone would love to be champion jockey. Um, I'm sort of just taking it day by day at the moment. Um, I've been, been unlucky with injuries, so uh, kind of hopefully once I once I stay injury free, it'll be something I'd, I'd love to do. So fingers crossed, yeah. Top man, really appreciate your time. All the best, Jack. Yeah. Let's um, start with Three Stripe Life, if we can, Lee, and his chance over over three miles today. Jack's pretty confident, I suppose he would be, that, that stepping up in trip is, is going to suit him. What do you make of him as a, a staying novice chaser? Well, I think you'd be very disappointed and surprised if three miles didn't suit him. That was certainly the impression that you got through his uh, extremely productive novice hurdle campaign. Um, obviously, we've got to ignore that run at Fairy House last time, that bad mistake, uh, caused David Russell's saddle to slip. That wasn't a fair reflection on the horse. I think a better reflection on the horse and where people think he might stand among this season's novice chasers is that if you look at the anti-post market at the moment for the Brown Advisory Novices Chase, he is at the top of that market, albeit is a quite confused market at the moment. It's not one of those divisions where a clear picture has emerged. Perhaps that will change this afternoon um, but he is a horse I think who uh, connections have the very uh, greatest respect for and the highest hope you got that impression from reading Gordon Elliott's comments um, this morning but we have a really intriguing head-to-head between Three Stripe Life who says the brand advisory favourite and Galliard de Menil who is the National Hunt Chase favourite and I've seen him tipped up by uh, people for the Grand National as well this season. Completely different horses. Three stripe lives had two runs over fences, one and a half runs over fences, really, if you bear in mind what happened in the Drin War, where Galliard de Menil finished second. But he is most unusually for a horse in a race like this, a second season novice chaser, having failed to break his duck over fences last season, despite running cracking races in the, the Brown Advisory and in the Irish Nationals, I say subsequently in the Drinmore. So two really powerful, smart novice chasers representing the two biggest yards in Irish racing in William Mullins and Gordon Elliott, both of whom have been winners left, right and centre over Christmas. So it really is uh, a superb novice chase. And I wonder if we'll see a gentleman's game in, in, in this picture off the back of his excellent performance on Chase debut uh, yesterday in, in the beginners chase I did speak to Mouse Morris late last night he wouldn't commit to whether the horse will go to Cheltenham he wants at least another run into him before that to see how good he is it'll possibly be Nace at the end of January that's a grade three novice chase or straight up at, at the top level at the Dublin Racing Festival he does see him as an out and out, out, and out three miler who wants good ground Mouse also reflecting on French Dynamite off the back of his run yesterday in the Savills. He'll be dropping in trip. He felt he just didn't get home. In that race, we saw conflatedly win and win very comfortably. We heard from Jack Kennedy about him. He ducked the question as to where he'll go next beautifully. I wasn't crafty enough, Lee, unfortunately. <laughs> He's oh. got to go Gold Cup, hasn't he? 
He's got to go Gold Cup. He will go Gold Cup, Tom, won't he? I mean, I would be astonished. I think people were surprised enough last season when he didn't go uh, to the, the Gold Cup at Cheltenham. Bear in mind, he had, um, going into um, the Cheltenham Festival, won the Irish Gold Cup, beating Minella Indo. I think people were surprised he didn't go for the big one on that occasion. But of course, the owner, Michael O'Leary, sponsors the Ryanair Chase. And he is always perfectly understandably extremely keen to win his own race. He was joking yesterday saying, well, I've won the Gold Cup twice. I've won the Ryanair Chase once. It'd be great to win it again. But he did concur, I think, that the Gold Cup will be this horse's target. Gordon Elliott certainly sounded as though he wants to run this horse in the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Life is full of surprises, as Silla once said, Tom, but I would be astonished if Conflate doesn't go for the Cheltenham Gold Cup. It was a really uh, strong effort yesterday. Ken Boy is uh, such a solid performer and to beat him um, by five lengths was uh, a, a really worthy effort. Um, we saw after Leperstown last season with his his run at Aintree and, and indeed it's running the Ryanair Chase where he was set for second when coming down to out that he's a, a, a properly consistent um, high-class grade one chaser. Do I think he's a Cheltenham Gold Cup winner? I think he probably isn't a Cheltenham Gold Cup winner. I think he would need to be a, a below standard Gold Cup for Conflated to win it. And he's not always necessarily always the most predictable um, of performers, but um, he deserved that win yesterday and he more than deserves to be in the big one in March. All right. Yesterday, the other feature, the Christmas hurdle, went to Joseph O'Brien and Home by the Lee. Here he is. And and you've said pretty much straight to Cheltenham. What what what's the reason you're you're so happy to go there fresh? Uh, great stuff. You, you had um, comfort zone win at Chepstow yesterday. Nice battling performance that from a from a young horse. So that must have pleased you. Um, great. And, and just finally, we've discussed it on this podcast, high definition winning over hurdles. I think that gave, um, you know, racing fans an enormous sense of, of satisfaction. And, and we like to see ex-flat horses come and mix it at the at the top level over jumps. Do, do you think he can do that, Joseph, high definition? Um, 
And do you think he'd be a two-miler, Joseph? Do you think he has scope for further over obstacles? Yeah, at the moment we're going to take the two-miles anyway, um, but I am quite confident that he will stay further, um, you know, at a later date or when we need to. So um, um, we're more than likely to go back to the open race that we for the two-miles on the first. And I guess, you know, from there we can decide whether we need to go up in distance or take the two-miles. But for now, we'll... Okay, Joseph's talking about home by the Lee first of all. We'll come to high definition. Home by the Lee is going to go straight to Cheltenham Lee. He is, um, which is um, Joseph O'Brien absolutely clearly knows what he's doing, and if that's what's best for horse, that's what's best for horse. Something of a shame, you know. We 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 heard on on Boxing Day that Brave Man's Game and Constitution Hill are both set to go straight to the Cheltenham Festival. Home by the Lee is another one following that path, and it's regrettable that Jumps fans don't see any of these horses or won't see any of these horses through January or February, but that's the way trends are going in jump racing. As a horse, home by the Lee is one who's clearly improved this season. We thought, I think, he'd excelled himself when he was sixth in the Stairs Hurdle last season. He then was beaten in a in a midsummer race at, at Down Royal. So you certainly went at that stage thinking that this is a horse who would be at the top of the the stayers hurdle market but as I say it's a very strange market this season it's an odd division dear old paisley park came back and won the the long walk hurdle at kempton on boxing day he is a a contender for the stayers hurdle despite having run in it all those all those times there isn't unlike the champion hurdle market where we have the state mans the vorbans and of course the constitution hills there's not really much young blood coming into the division i'm sure some people I'd hope that Bob Ollinger um, could be that sort of horse having reverted back from fences this season. But he didn't look to stay um, yesterday. He doesn't look as as good as we, we thought he was. And it's interesting in some ways that, that that race he won at the Cheltenham Festival, the Ballymore Novices Hurdle, three years out of four, it produced horses who we thought could be that proverbial second coming in Sam Crow, Envoy, Allen and Bob Ollinger. And in truth, none of them have gone on to be anywhere near as good um, as we thought they might. And that's maybe a, a reminder to us sometimes not to get too carried away. Or B, I certainly think that uh, Constitution Hill and Galapan, they show again horses who are getting that, that sort of illustrious billing. Um, they do look to be on a much sounder path and are set to deliver on our expectations. Just before we move on to high definition, I just wanted to pick up on on something um, when you you talked about Constitution Hill going straight to Cheltenham. I was struck by Nicky Henderson's comments and Michael Buckley's comments on uh, Boxing Day that they want to get another run into him, but they don't want to go to Haydock. I can't remember the exact reason why. Um, Michael Buckley had referenced that Wincanton might not be his track. I mean, you could put him in my back garden and he'd win. Um <laughs> He referenced that uh, Nikki had said that, and, and I and I take this point that that he doesn't really want to go and uh, to to the Dublin Racing Festival because he wants to mind him a little bit. And I, look, I sort of I, I do respect that, and it's all about the champion hurdle. But what he did say was, if Cheltenham were kind enough to put the international that was um, that was frozen off on Trials Day, he would definitely go there. I mean, that must have made the people at Cheltenham must have made their ears prick up. I know it's not as simple as that, but 
I, I thought that was interesting in trying to sort of rearrange the race programming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the international hurdle um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a race is probably better suited anyway to uh, being in late January than in mid-December. That's not going to happen, what, what Michael Buckley was suggesting there, because the jumps pattern already has those races um in in january and into february um and i i I understand the uh the position that michael buckley and nikki henderson are in they say they want to run this horse before the children festival but um there isn't the right race there for the horse the problem is if you look at it objectively tom whilst there isn't a race that they feel would be ideal for Constitution Hill on the way to the champion hurdle. There are races there. Um, Nicky um, talks every time he talks about Constitution Hill, about the loss of the, the contender. So he understands that the, the, the race went because really it wasn't producing meaningful horse races. It was giving generally a seven barrows champion hurdle horse a chance to go around sand down for, for 20 odd grand and, and win at seven to one on eight to one on nine to one on i think he understands why that sort of race knows no longer in in the program and you know it, it's it's the, there is a, a haydock park champion hurdle trial albeit that isn't a race that holds the appeal to owners and trainers as it used to do and is maybe reflective of the way haydock's reputation as a jumps track has suffered in recent seasons since they put in that that secondary flat track i don't think anyone could deny that as a jumps venue Haydock is not held in the same regard as it used to the jockey club for commercial reasons prioritized flat racing over jump racing at Haydock by putting in that secondary flat track and I, I, I think Haydock's reputation has suffered there is the Kingwell hurdle Nicky Henderson uh, perfectly reasonably says that he doesn't think that's the right sort of track for Constitution Hill there is the Irish champion hurdle which again, I, I could, would be an amazing fit for jumps fans to see Constitution in that race. But I understand why they don't want to go to one of that close to the Cheltenham Festival. But there are also other races, Tom. There's the Bet for Hurdle at Newbury. Now, once upon a time, champion hurdle horses would have run in that race. The, the, the hurdle that I held dearest to my heart, Rooster Booster, almost won that race carrying top weight and we've seen this season high class jumpers carrying top weights in handicaps i would love it if we saw that more and races like the bet for hurdle there is absolutely no reason why they couldn't be used by champion hurdle horses they used to be used by champion hurdle horses just as the big handicap chases are used by gold cup horses and champion chase horses but the trends have changed which i think personally is a shame so there are the races there still in the program for champion hurdle horses, but for some horses and some trainers, they don't suit their their plans. And that's perfectly fine. Everyone has to make decisions based on what they think is best for their horse. But we shouldn't say there aren't the races there in the program because there are. But you've got me thinking about him running in a bet for a hurdle. I think he'd, oh. win it. he'd, he'd win it because virtually everything else would be out of the weight. Um, let's move on to um well let's go back to joseph o'brien just talking about everyone's guilty pleasure which is high definition looking like he's going to go straight to the uh, dublin racing festival and day two's two mile grade one hopefully that's that's where he goes anyway we did touch on this earlier on, on in the week but i'd love to get your thoughts oh well who hasn't got thoughts on high definition um 
I mean, for a start, it is great for uh, jump racing that a horse as good as high definition is running over hurdles. One of the, 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 the biggest laments, I think, in recent years has been the fact that we haven't had the Alderbrooks, the Royal Gates, the Crebensis horses that, that went from flat racing to jump racing. Horses like Moonax, a, a classic winner who went jump racing. Now, some of them, some of them it worked out. For others like Moonax and an Arctic Owl, who was a group one horse of James Venture, it didn't work out. But in recent years, we haven't had those really high class flat horses going over jumps because I think, as I've said on the on the pod before, there are so many different options for those horses now. And there's also a much more uh, lucrative international uh, sale market. Those horses can be, can be sold to race in the Middle East and Australia. And they're just too valuable to go jump racing these days. So great to see high definition, still racing in, in cool more colours, running over hurdles. An acknowledgement, I think, that he had um, reached his level on the flat and was never going to be uh, a superstar flat horse. Will he be a superstar jumper? Well, um, I think the jury's out after that first run at Leopardstown. He was novicey in his jumping down the back straight. It was probably helped by the, the removal of the, the final flight in the home straight. But it was a win, and it was a win in a big field uh, hurdle in which Willie Mullins had a, a hot pot in there. I think overall they would have been delighted by that first run at Leopardstown and um, can't wait to see him in the in the grade one of the Dublin Racing Festival. You can still get 20 to one about high definition, a one-time Derby favourite winning the Supreme Novices Hurdle. And I think that is an acknowledgement that punters and bookmakers generally have question marks about high definition in general. But he's certainly a a valuable um, uh, talking point this season. And um, I hope he gets to the Cheltenham Festival because he would add spice wherever he goes. Some jockey misdemeanours from yesterday, one in Britain, one in Ireland. Lee? Yes. So in Ireland, um, Danny Mullins riding the dual stairs hurdle in a flooring porter. Uh, he was judged to have dropped his hands close home in the race one by home by the Lee, the Christmas hurdle. And accordingly, the stewards said he cost that horse uh, third place. Danny Mullins was suspended um, for uh, five days as a result of that. Tom Buckley at Leicester got 12 days. Um, his crime was um, he was leading in a handicap hurdle and where they turn to the home straight at Leicester, um, the course configuration changes and Tom Buckley with head down, driving hard, took his mount onto the steeplechase course as opposed to hurdles course. So immediately that horse was out of the race. Tom Buckley got a 12-day suspension for that, um, Tom is um, a rising star in the jockey ranks. He rides for Paul Nichols, and it wasn't his first occasion riding at Leicester. He's ridden one winner there from six rides. They both made mistakes, Danny Mullins and Tom Buckley, um, but we all make mistakes, and they were punished accordingly. And this weekend, we've got some excellent action at, at Newbury with the, the Grade 1 Challow Hurdle, and then the following day we're at, at Cheltenham for the New Year's Day meeting. What what are talking points that have caught your eye for this weekend, Lee? 
Cheltenham season so far has been um, very much impacted by the weather and ground conditions, whether the ground is too quick or it's or it's frozen. It's, it's had a, a bearing on what's happened at Cheltenham this season. Um, this is never the, the very greatest quality uh, Cheltenham winter card, albeit it's got a couple of graded races and some decent handicaps. The, the Dipper Novices Chase um, will be the first of the big races there at Cheltenham on Sunday. Mon Miral, probably the one that will be of most interest to people. Thunder Rock um, would have a good chance for Ollie Murphy. The Relkeel hurdle actually looks like it could be better than usual, um, in part because of Constitution Hill. He frightened off Napa's Hill, and I like to move it from running in the Christmas hurdle after their intended target the international hurdle was abandoned but there are other really interesting entries in that race like Langer Dan and Nicky Henderson's got first street and the the top man Marie's Rock in there so actually could be a a very interesting day at Cheltenham it's always a day when the place is packed with people people love to go to the home of jumping on New Year's Day and hopefully what we'll see Tom is some momentum from those figures we got over Christmas on Boxing Day and on the 27th when a lot of racecourses reported uh, uplifts in their numbers compared to not just last year, but 2019 as well. We need more of that, please. Well, talking of the, the Dipper and the Rail Keel, Ollie Murphy is with me. He's got runners in both of those. Ollie, you're, you're well represented at, at Cheltenham. Should we start with the Dipper and Thunder Rock? How is he? Yeah, he's in good form. Um, we obviously bypassed the wayward lad at Kempton um, to six, two and a half miles. Um, I'm pleased we've done that. So uh, look forward to running him. He's in good form. He hasn't done a lot wrong on his two chasing starts, so yeah, I really look forward to running him. What do you feel about the track? Yeah, I think it'll be okay. Um, obviously, first time he's been there, but he's a well-balanced horse, touch with his jump on the hole, and uh, nice that if he's going to be good enough to go there in March, he'll have had a spin around there and got used to the place. Okay, and just on ground, it's decent at the moment, rain tomorrow. What does he want ideally? I, I think he's very versatile. He's one on good ground. He's one on heavy ground as well. So, um, yeah, he's very versatile ground-wise, so that, that should be an issue. Okay, brewing up a storm going? Yeah, he goes um, he's in good form. He needs his run badly in Africa. Um, it was his first run after after Windop. So uh, looks a very um, warm renewal, um, albeit when he's good, he's very good. So hopefully the Brunner for Storm, when he's good, turns up and he'll have a, have a nice each way chance. And you know... He turns up in the, in the right form. Yeah, you know he handles the track, so that's a plus. Exactly, yeah. He just doesn't handle the last flight <laughs> very well. But uh, hopefully he'll, um, yeah, he'll get over that a little bit better than he's got over in the last couple of years but yeah he's in good form he's cooled well this morning and um, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to running him I promise that's not why I brought, why I brought that up genuinely um, <laughs> good stuff um, and, and, and some of the other the, the stars are going there are Itchy Feet and Thomas Darby going? Uh, Itchy Feet and Thomas Darby will both run um, Itchy Feet eight pound lower than when second and old road chase 18 months ago so he's handicapped to run well if, if he gets out of bed on the right side um, the Wolves will run the same handicap chase he loves, loves it around there He's run well in those kind of big three-mile handicaps around there the last couple of times he's he's been there as well. So I think both of them have got each-way chances. Thomas Darby would come back into a handicap for the first time since he won in Ascot a couple of years ago. Um, just very hard horse to place now. Tommy's been a, been a star for me, so uh, with a drop in grade with, with, with more weight in his back, and hopefully that, that has the, the desired effect. Um, if he happens to disappoint again, you might just see him jump in a fence before too long and, and try to get one back next to his name. Okay, interesting. And could the um, Potemps be on his agenda at all or not? Uh, could, could 
they could be. I'd just rather see him go and run well in a, in a handicap for, for trying to get him qualified for one. Um, but yeah, he's in good form. He had a very good run in, in Weatherby. He had an okay run in Newbury. And um, just looking forward to seeing him take on slightly lesser opposition with more weight in his back. Lastly, are we going to see Godante this weekend at all? Um, I'm just literally seeing where he's going to go, whether he's going to go to Newbury or Utoxta. I'm, I'm, I'm favouring Utoxta. It's good prize money there in his first run the handicap. And it might just all happen a bit slower for him around there. But he's in good form. I think he's well handicapped, Tom, and, and hopefully come back off an injury. He's got no ill effects from that, and he can go and show us what he showed us in his early days of his career. Good man. Appreciate your time. Take care. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Right, it's Thursday, so time to talk all things Saudi Cup and domestic Saudi racing as well. It's Martin Kelly joins me. It's been um, a, a weekend or a week of international clues, Martin, certainly from Japan. We'll come to that. And definitely from America. Boxing Day, the, the 26th of December, was for many about um, Frankie de Torre riding out at, at Santa Anita. And he got off to a, a good start with Country Grammar, who is Saudi Cup bound, question mark? He is indeed, yeah. Bob Baffert confirming that after the race. Country Grammar back on track after a short break under the Tory. He ran in the Group 2 San Antonio on Monday night. He was odds on this race over the extended mile. Now, just to remind everybody, Country Grammar chased home Emblem Roads last year in the Saudi Cup, went on to beat Hot Rod Charlie in the Dubai World Cup and was also second to Flightline in the Pacific Classic a, a couple of months ago. But back after 85 days off, he was back on track and he was a, a comprehensive winner. Uh, Bob Baffert saying after the race, the horse has been training better than ever. He does get an automatic invite to the Pegasus in Florida early next year as well, but he's going to bypass that. And to quote the great trainer himself, he said he'll run in the Saudi Cup and hopefully if he comes out of that well, he'll go on to Dubai as well. So country grammar second last year, back on track to be in Riyadh on February 25th. Well, good that he's look, going to look to complete that that Middle Eastern double and bypass the, the Pegasus. So go go straight to the Saudi Cup. Um, what else did he win with? Because he had a very good day on the 26th that may be Saudi bound, Martin. Well, Bob Buffett dominated the first meeting back at Santa Anita. We had five winners across the night, including Tiber, who also, a bit like Country Grammar, is owned by uh, Zidane Racing Stables. The man behind that is Amar Zidane, who's big in America and also big in Saudi as well. Uh, Tiber was a horse we last saw finishing third to Flightline in the Breeders' Cup Classic, running on strongly from the back of the field. He's only a three-year-old. He's by Gunrunner. He's probably best over nine furlongs, 1,800 metres. But he was dropping back in trip for his return to action at the weekend. He was back down to seven furlongs, the 1,400 metres. Um, and he was odds-on favourite to uh, to reappear with a win. And he did so under Mike Smith. Went on to win by four and a half lengths in the end. That took his record to three from three at Santa Anita. And Baffert was saying after the race, he's filled out and matured since the Breeders' Cup. And interestingly, to get him sort of sharp over that seven furlongs, they've been giving him some quick drills in his homework. And Mike Smith said afterwards, he said, the horse is a bike. You have to pedal. Going longer, you don't have to do it as much. But I knew going shorter would be tough. But he, he pulled it off in, in really good style as well. Stayed on strongly. Uh, the nine furlongs of the Saudi Cup will be ideal for him. And just think of that in a couple of months' time. Uh, big money Mike Smith taking on the Tory out in Riyadh. Something very much to uh, to look forward to. That would be uh, fantastic. I remember interviewing both of them a couple of years ago in the in the weighing room, and they were on great form together out in Saudi. All right. Uh, out in Japan, there was a qualifying race, the Hanshin Cup for the 1351 Turf Sprint, Martin. How good was the winner? The winner was good. This was a qualifying race or a qualifying invite race on Christmas Eve. The winner was uh, Diatonic. He was favourite 
and he just lasted home by a nose to win. But the news subsequently was that he won't be taking up his invite to Saudi. He's been retired to stud. So it's the last we'll see of uh, diatonic. But some of those in behind the second, third and fourth might well try and travel across to Saudi Arabia. And they include Tom, a horse called Bathrat Leon, trained by the, the very charismatic uh, Ishito Yahagi, who had winners on Saudi Cup night last year. And that's a horse we know, of course, from being in Europe this summer because he was in both the Sussex Stakes and the, the Prujac Lamarawa. He was indeed. What other qualifiers are still to come? Yeah, three more of the eight qualifiers to come. We've got the custodian of the two holy mosques in Saudi Arabia on January 28th and also the Pegasus World Cup on January 28th as well. They're both automatic invites for the Saudi Cup and also an automatic invite race for the Neon Turf. And that's the Pegasus World Cup Turf on January 29th. You mentioned to us last week about the Prince Abdullah Cup. What news do you have on that? Yeah, that was just pointing out the entries closed for that race last Sunday. The full field for that will be declared next Tuesday. That race taking place in Riyadh a week on Saturday. Um, but I just know of two horses that are going to be taking place uh, in that race. We've got Fauzi Nas sending over Kadir from Bahrain. That's a four-year-old who was trained by Mark Johnson, rated 107 in the UK and was a winner at Glorious Goodwood the summer before last. And also Qatar, they're going to be represented by US Cliff, a horse formerly trained by uh, Richard Hannon. So Qatar uh, and also Bahrain represented in that Prince Abdullah Cup. And we'll have more news on that race next week ahead of the staging a week on Saturday. Liked Kadir when he was racing in the UK. Didn't know. It was good, wasn't he? Yeah, didn't know with, with Fowles. That's interesting. We're, are we back at Riyadh this weekend? Yeah, we are indeed. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And we're back on the turf as well. The racing so far has been on the uh, the dirt, but they've reseeded the turf track. They had a trial there on Boxing Day. Everybody was happy with what they saw. They're going good to firm ahead of the weekend. And just think, Tom, as we sit here battered by the wind and the rain, uh, the racing taking place evening time, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, forecast for clear skies and 17 and 18 degrees. That'll do. I'd yeah, take a, yeah right. I'd take a bit of that. What about the features this weekend? Well, the feature race on Friday, race 11, it's the Group 3 Ministry of Foreign Affairs Cup. That's over 1,600 metres or the mile. And there's a touch of quality to that as well, because seven of the 13 runners are rated 100 plus. And on Saturday, the feature race, race 11 again at 10 past eight. That's the Ministry of Sports Cup. That's for Phillies over the mile, the 1,600 metres. And you may remember Happy Go Lucky, formerly trained by Jolly Murta. She's taken a step up in distance at the weekend, and that should really suit her. And if you want to keep abreast of all that's happening in Saudi over the weekend, it's youtube.com forward slash equestrian CR live. Martin, thank you. Cheers, Tom. Back with Lee Motter's head. Just a tip from you, please, Lee. A tip from me, Tom. Well, great racing, obviously, as we've discussed at Leopardstown today. But I'm going to go to to Donny. Hopefully, Sonny Donny. Uh, Nicky Henderson um, has a superb record over jumps at Doncaster. Um, he has a lot of runners there, but he also has a lot of winners there as well. Um, Tom, if you look across um, uh, his his record at Donny, twenty eight percent strike rate which is pretty impressive based on how many horses he runs there. He has three there today. They all have big chances. I'm going to go for the very first one that he's saddling at Doncaster this afternoon. And Ronnie Bartlett colours hands off goes in the 12-10, a national novices hurdle over two and a half miles. He caught the eye with a good first run over hurdles at Ascot last time. And I'm tipping him to win the 12-10. Hands off for Nicky Henson and Nico de Boinville. Lee, thank you. Hope. You've all out there enjoyed today's episode and everything we've provided for you this week. One more coming your way tomorrow where Nick will be back in the hot seat. That was Thursday, the 29th of December. Bye-bye. 
you've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.